Hello, and welcome to the Proskauer Benefits Brief. I'm Gabrielle Fox, an attorney in Proskauer's Employee Benefits and Executive Compensation Group. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Paul Hamburger, co-chair of our group. In this 10-part series of podcasts, we will explore the basic COBRA rules applicable to group health plans. In this podcast, we'll explore some of the important considerations in dealing with COBRA's election rules. Paul, to get us started, walk us through what we will cover in this podcast. In a separate podcast, we reviewed the COBRA notice rules. COBRA notices are really the key to the ability of qualified beneficiaries to make their COBRA elections. Now, we're going to focus on the actual COBRA election rules themselves. To put a structure around it, here are some of the key points that we want to think about. Number one, when do elections have to be made? Number two, who can make the election? Number three, what happens to coverage during the COBRA election period? And number four, what are some of the tricky COBRA election rules? Great, let's get started. Before we get to some more challenging issues, let's cover the basics. Isn't the COBRA election period stated simply as a qualified beneficiary has 60 days within which to make a COBRA election? You know, that's a good general rule. There is a 60-day election period under COBRA coverage. If qualified beneficiaries don't elect within that 60-day period, they lose their COBRA rights. But we really need to understand the technical points a little more clearly. First, the 60-day election period begins no later than the date of loss of coverage. So, for example, if somebody terminates employment and the plan provides coverage to the end of the month, the 60 days has to start no later than the end of that month. Next, importantly, the 60-day election period cannot end any earlier than 60 days after the later of when the plan administrator has provided notice of COBRA rights or the loss of coverage itself. This is why it's so important to make sure that COBRA notices are provided in a timely fashion. If the administrator fails to do so, the election period technically may not end until 60 days after the notices are actually provided. If the plan document or SPD, summary plan description, don't say how long the COBRA election period is, there is a risk that a court might find that there is an indefinite election period until actual notice is given. So there's a general rule here at play. If qualified beneficiaries would lose their rights if you failed to comply with the time period, you really cannot enforce that time period any earlier than you tell them about it. Finally, note that the 60-day election period applies in a similar way for multiple qualifying events. Those are second events that occur during an 18-month COBRA coverage period that is triggered by a termination or reduction in hours of employment. So, for example, if a divorce occurs during that 18-month period such that it would be a multiple qualifying event, similarly, there's a 60-day election period for the divorced spouse to exercise his or her rights. Are there any requirements as to how COBRA elections are supposed to be made? Can they be done electronically or only in writing? This is a very interesting question. There is no technical regulatory or statutory rule or process for how COBRA elections are supposed to be made. Plans can really set up proper procedures based on what is best for their particular environment. The key is that qualified beneficiaries and potential qualified beneficiaries have to be told what the procedures are. Generally, an election is made when it is sent, not when it is received. So any process that is established 
has to have the ability to identify when those COBRA elections are actually being made. You mentioned generally that qualified beneficiaries have to make the COBRA elections during the election period. Can one qualified beneficiary elect on behalf of others, or do they each have to make separate elections? Another good question. As a basic rule, one qualified beneficiary in a family is allowed to make the election on behalf of all of the others. So for example, a former employee could certainly make the COBRA election on behalf of the entire family without each individual in the family having to make his or her own election. However, no single qualified beneficiary can reject COBRA coverage on behalf of the other qualified beneficiaries. Each qualified beneficiary has a separate right to COBRA coverage. And although that right can be elected by others on behalf of the qualified beneficiary, the qualified beneficiary cannot be forced to lose coverage by actions of others. What happens to health coverage during the COBRA election period? Now, plan administrators have to think carefully about this issue. There are two general approaches to use. Either the plan could keep people on coverage, keep that coverage in effect during the COBRA election period, subject to retroactive termination of coverage, or they could cut off coverage immediately until a COBRA election is properly made, and then, upon timely and full payment for the coverage, reinstate that coverage retroactively. The second approach, where you terminate coverage and retroactively reinstate it, is the typical approach. However, there are some instances where plans may decide to keep that coverage in effect as it might be administratively a little bit easier to work with the health insurer or other provider, but there is more risk associated with that first approach rather than terminating coverage and retroactively reinstating it when there is full and timely payment of the COBRA premium. What about some of those tricky rules you referred to? For example, what happens if someone becomes incapacitated during the election period? How can they make a timely election? This issue has really been the subject of a good amount of litigation. The general rule is that if someone is incapacitated during a COBRA election period, or even during a COBRA premium payment period, that time period is told until someone is appointed to act for them. Tolling means that the period is held in abeyance for a limited time period. Once someone is appointed to act for the incapacitated individual, the time period then continues to run from that point forward. Here's another tricky question. Suppose a qualified beneficiary waives or rejects COBRA during the 60-day election period, but then changes his or her mind, still within the election period. Can the qualified beneficiary then elect COBRA? Yes, qualified beneficiaries are allowed to change their minds during the COBRA election period. However, if that happens, in other words, if a qualified beneficiary first rejects COBRA coverage and changes his or her mind and decides that the individual wants COBRA coverage, COBRA coverage only has to be provided prospectively from the date of the new election forward. This has become something of a planning opportunity for plan administrators. They will sometimes seek an affirmative waiver or a rejection of COBRA coverage in order to mitigate exposure to a retroactive COBRA election. Plan administrators should be careful here, though, and avoid any undue influence on COBRA-qualified beneficiaries' decisions. This might lead to further issues or complaints down the road. 
Thank you, Paul, for that easy-to-follow summary of the COBRA election rules. Clearly, there is a lot more to think about than just the general rule that qualified beneficiaries have 60 days within which to elect COBRA coverage. And thank you to those who joined us today for this Employee Benefits Podcast. Please join us for future presentations in our Proskauer Benefits Brief Podcast series. And keep an eye out for more employee benefits and executive compensation insights on our Proskauer ERISA Practice Center blog. Also, be sure to follow us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Thank you.